0: Well, as Mike said, today's Vision Sunday, and um, this is the Sunday of the year when we remind ourselves of the vision God has for us as a church, when we look back with thanks for what God has been doing and look forward to the year ahead, and in particular, the part we can play in making that vision a reality. So our vision as a church is to see more, deeper, and closer followers of Jesus more followers of Jesus, because we long for people to come into a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, and to start walking with him. And that's why we create as many opportunities as possible for people to hear the good news of God proclaimed in word and deed. We long for people to come to know Jesus Christ. Second, deeper followers of Jesus. We long to be a community of mature disciples, people who listen to God's voice, who seek his will and serve him faithfully. Uh, And that's why we do all we can as a church to develop a knowledge of God's word, a a commitment to prayer, and a passion to serve God wherever he's called us. And thirdly, we want closer followers of Jesus, because we long to be a community uh, where relationships of care and love characterize who we are where we share one another's burdens and encourage one another in our walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why we meet together for worship. That's why we meet together in small groups. Uh, That's why we do all we can to build relationships across the church family in all sorts of ways. More, deeper and closer followers of Jesus. But within that vision, there are kind of two things implied. I just want to name this morning, because I think they're important to bear in mind. First of all, our aim in pursuing this vision is not to bring ourselves glory, but rather to bring glory to God, who causes all fruit to come. This is not a great church, but we believe in a great God. Our aim in our vision is to bring glory to God. And secondly, our focus on the vision is not just kind of on this building here, or in this community of people. We aim to be a blessing not to ourselves, we aim to be a blessing to others. And so that includes the community of claygate which we serve in Jesus' name. That includes the wider church as we seek to share what we have and what we've learned with other churches. And that includes the wider world as we uh, take our part in the worldwide mission of God by sending out and supporting mission partners to the places where God has called them to serve. So our vision is more, deeper and closer followers of Jesus. It continues to be a vision that excites me as a vicar. I hope it describes what uh, makes us passionate as well. How did that vision become a reality in 2014? Well, there were lots of ways. I just uh, uh, put together this video with Toby, and uh, this just draws out some of the highlights of how that vision became a reality in 2014. Let's watch this. So those were some of the big picture highlights, if you like, from 2014. But what I thank God for is as much is just kind of those personal stories about how God has been at work in individuals' lives. I'm thinking of the lady who said to me at the end of the Alpha course, this course has changed my life. I'm thinking of the uh, young person who came to the mission evening with Gerald and Sarah Charles and was just blown away by it and couldn't stop talking about it afterwards. I'm thinking of the young girl who four weeks into the Alpha course at Isha High School gave her life to Jesus Christ. I'm thinking of the lady who I sat next to at Connections and said that she feels a love when she comes to Connections that she feels nowhere else. When you come to the church vision meeting a week on Sunday, there'll be countless more stories like that because we're just going to be interviewing people. Just hearing about how God has been at work in our church and through his church. Uh, And Do come a week on Monday because it's the most encouraging evening uh, to be part of. That was 2014. I said this Sunday last year that 2014 was going to be a year of regrouping. And in a sense it has, because we've been dealing with people who've moved on to St. Mary's East Molesley. But I still think we can be hugely thankful to God for the fruit that he's brought in 2014. By the way, I keep in close touch with our friends at St. Mary's East Molsey, and they're in great heart too, and have their own vision Sunday, next Sunday, with great plans for that church. So, what of 2015? We can give thanks to God for 2014. What of the future? Well, our vision remains the same. Our vision remains to see more, deeper, and closer followers of Jesus. And we'll be trying to, to reach that vision uh, with all the ways that we found fruitful in this church over the years. So that continues to be our pattern of five Sunday services. That's our midweek events, such as courses, such as Alpha, or uh, the, all the small groups that happen across our community, or events such as Connections, all of which are kind of supported uh, by our staff team who work with volunteers to make our church the place it is. We'll continue to place the Bible at the heart of everything we do as a church, and uh, before Easter, you'll see in your term card, we're going to be looking at aspects of the good news from John's Gospel. After Easter, we're going to be looking at Paul's letter to the Ephesians, one of the most joyful letters in the New Testament. And in the autumn, we're going to be going back to the Old Testament and looking at a series called Abraham and Sons, which kind of uh, takes us back right to the beginning of the Old Testament and the kind of fundamental story in which God reveals his mission to the world. We're going to have an upgrade to our facilities. Uh, we enjoyed the new projectors, aren't we? They're great. Um, but uh, uh, actually, we're going to have some new screens as well, which will make the projectors even better so that everybody in church can see. And that's going to come in before our life to the full mission. And uh, you'll have heard from me when I wrote to the church before Christmas that the weekly, the Colin Wheatley legacy has enabled us to make plans to upgrade the prayer room and bring that up to the standard of the rest of the church. You also know that Colin's bequest has enabled us to set up the Claygate Christian Ministry Trust that is going to uh, encourage ministry and service, encourage people training for gospel ministry. And we're excited about how that will work out in 2015. And of course we'll play our part in God's worldwide ministry through uh, giving over 10% of our income as a church towards our mission partners and our worldwide mission. But of course, the main thing in 2015 that we're going to be involved in, as Mike's already said this morning, is our Life to the Full parish mission in March. And I'm going to be saying a little bit more about that. Mike's going to say a lot more next Sunday. But before we do, I just want to give you something of a kind of spiritual motto, really, for not only Life to the Full, but also for us as a church for the year. I really hope this is going to kind of shape our year, if you like, and, and it's the word grace I really hope that grace is kind of what we're about. In a sense, we kind of picked up on this last week when Mike gave us so powerfully our verse for the year. Do you remember? Should we do that together? Do the actions? Don't go like that. I look encouraging. How great is the love the Father has lavished upon us that we should be called the children of God. I love that, well done, I love that word lavished. It's a real grace word, isn't it? God didn't sort of just stint, he didn't give his son grudgingly. He lavished his love on us in his son Jesus Christ, that we might be called children of God. That's a grace word. And today's passage from 2 Corinthians, we saw it exactly the same, where, where Paul writes, you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, Yet for your sakes he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. Paul's saying, just remember the riches of Jesus Christ. He was in heaven with his heavenly Father, with all glory and majesty and power. And he became poor. He became a baby, a vulnerable, dependent baby. And then as a man, he went to a cross and died a crucifixion death. All so that you would know the love of God. also that you'd know the riches of God's blessings. Paul says, never forget the grace of God seen in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I just think this sense of just what we've been given, you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, Paul says, will shape us. I'm sure that's the motivation behind our mission. Why do we want to reach out? We want to reach out because we have great news to share, which is the grace of God. And I pray that that's the heart of our mission, the heart of our church as we go through 2015. Just a reminder of what Life to the Full is about. We've got three aims of Life to the Full. Aim number one is that every person in Claygate is going to have the chance to hear and respond to the good news of God in Jesus Christ. Aim number one. Aim number two is that we as a church will grow in confidence in sharing our faith and dependence on God. And aim number three that is in all of this God is glorified. So how are we going to do that? Well, we've got our launch weekend next weekend, then we've got our taste week from the 8th to the 15th of February, which is when, as small groups and as other groups, we're just going to invite friends to have a meal or have a social with us. And at that event, we're going to have the chance to share with them this. This is top secret. I can't show it to you in great detail, which is our Life to the Full brochure and our pattern of events for two thousand and 15 in March. And Mike's going to make sure that each one of us has one of these next weekend. I can tell you, I am absolutely thrilled with the programme that's been put together. I can tell you that because I haven't been involved in it. Uh, <laughs> so Mike and the team have done a fantastic job. You're going to love it. It's a wonderful week of activities. Nine days, all day, every day of activities for the whole community, all ages, all backgrounds. It's going to be a brilliant event. I guess, so Mike's going to say a lot more about that weekend. make sure you'll hear. But I guess what I want to say this morning is kind of say, well, how does this mission kind of fit into our year as a church? And I want to say this mission is not just a week of events, which makes us busy and then we sort of go back and go, well, that was nice. You know, I pray that this is a journey through which God works before, during, and after our life to the full mission. So whether the 8th or 15th of March, that's the main event. But I pray that through this journey, we grow as a church. I tell you, I'm praying that we're going to grow in three ways. First of all, I pray we're going to grow in joy. There is no greater joy than seeing people start a journey with the Lord Jesus Christ. There's nothing like it. And I pray we'll just have that joy of seeing people Get the grace of God and start a journey with him. Secondly, I pray we'll grow in confidence. Confidence in sharing our faith. Confidence in being prepared to be known as a Christian at home or work or school or in the community. I pray that we'll grow in confidence and saying, yeah, I'm happy to be known as a Christian. I have to say I was really encouraged before Christmas to see the number of people at Beer and Carols who'd have been invited by friends. Or, or when I looked out at our carol service or Christingle, just to say, just to see people having invited their friends. I think we're even growing in confidence even now, probably building on telling our story. And I pray that we continue to grow in confidence, in sharing our faith, and inviting people to find out about Jesus Christ. And thirdly, I pray we grow in faith. Because telling our story, you know, um, Life to the Full Mission is big. You know, it's a big project. We haven't done anything like this for years as a church. And big things give you butterflies, do they? Well, they do me. But I find the faithful thing when God calls us to do something big is not to walk the other way, but to keep on going faithfully, to pray our socks off and then see what God does. That's what I pray we're going to do. I pray we're going to grow in faith and dependence on God because anything that happens through life to the full will not be the result of our planning, but God's power and God's work and that's why i'm so uh, thrilled about the opportunity we've got next weekend to be part of our emmanuel hall uh, prayer space new year new life if you've never been to one of these prayer spaces at emmanuel hall before you're in for a real treat because john white and the team have done a fantastic job in putting together a space which is creative which is imaginative which can be accessed by people of all ages and it's just an opportunity to go and commit all that the year lies ahead to the Lord. And so do be be part of that. See, my prayer at the end of Life for the Full is that we don't sit back and say, well, didn't we do well? My prayer is that we say, isn't God great? And isn't it right that we put our faith in God? That's my prayer. So I pray that this year we'll be growing in joy, I pray that we'll grow in confidence, and I pray that we'll grow in faith. And let me tell you about another way I think we can grow in faith In the year ahead. And that's through meeting a challenge that we face as a church. And that challenge is how we financially resource the ministry God has called me to, called us to. Let me explain about how this works. The good news is that in 2014, our financial resourcing of the church worked out as we hoped and prayed. Okay, so our expenditure was absolutely on budget and our income was on budget too. And and by the way, that income, and we don't get any money from the Church of England or the investments or anything like that. Uh, We get some money from lettings, but but 90% of our income comes from us as church members. And in 2014, that came to near on half a million pounds. That's what we gave as a church. And I want to say a huge thank you to you for your generosity in making that happen but that kind of picture that financial picture that we were hoping and praying for nevertheless masks two challenges for us as a church okay there's a short term challenge and there's a medium term challenge the short term challenge is that our giving is still not matching what we're spending on mission and ministry <coughs> what we're spending on mission and ministry let me explain what happened in 2014 we spent 595000 pounds on our mission and ministry all the things you saw in the video that cost money and it came to £595,000. Now, we received £565,000 in income. That's what our budget was. That's what we hoped and prayed for, and we met that. But there was a a gap there. Now, that gap, we knew, and I told you last year, was going to be funded by reserves. We had quite a lot of reserves... Uh, we hadn't spent all our money on staffing in 2013, so we had some reserves. We were still getting used to all the people who've moved on from St Mary's East Mosey, so we took a view. We can fund some of that deficit from our reserves. But I said last year, those reserves wouldn't be there this year. And you know what? They're not. <laughs> so, so that's a challenge, because at the moment our giving isn't matching what we're receiving. And bearing in mind all that we're receiving, which we thank God for, that can't carry on on thin air. So that's a challenge for us. That's a short-term challenge. The medium-term challenge is about our staffing. Now, we did take on new staff in 2014. That was largely to replace staff who'd moved on for one reason or another. But actually, the PCC is of the view that that staffing is not very robust in order to sustain even our present ministry, let alone our future growth that we're praying for. Let me give you an example. Uh, Out of the four ordained staff... So the kind of vicars on the staff team, that's myself and Mike Harle and Linda Morgan and Mike Barton. I'm the only one who's paid for by this church, by its donations. Mike Harle and Linda Morgan work without drawing a salary from Holy Trinity. And Mike Barton is paid for by a diocesan training fund because he's a curate. And he will be moving on in 2017. So that means that we're receiving the ministry of four ordained people and we're paying for one. Uh, and that, we just don't think that's sustainable uh, in the medium term. And so what the PCC has done is asked for an external consultant to come and give a review of our staffing in the middle of this year. He's gonna come and do a review, make recommendations, and we're gonna act on those recommendations, and that will track through for our budget in 2016. So that's just a kind of medium term challenge that we need to face up to. Okay, where does that leave us for 2000 and 15. Okay, so the money is that we're going to be looking to spend £644,000 this year. Why the increase? Three reasons. Number one, we're budgeting £25,000 for life to the full. For nine days of amazing activities, you're going to see next week that is value for money. Secondly, we're going to need to spend some money on this building because it's getting uh, of an age where we need to continue to keep it in good shape we could, we could fund that out of reserves last year. We can't do that this year because those reserves aren't there. And the third thing is we have invested a little bit in some additional administration in order so that the ministry team get freed up to do the ministry they're called to. Okay, so that's the spend in £644,000 in 2015. We expect to get about £66,000 from lettings and other income. Our current giving is 495, and to those of you who are quick at maths, that will show an increase in giving of 83,000 pounds. Now, you might be thinking at this point, hang on, didn't we get a very big legacy before Christmas? Why can't we use that to kind of fund all this? The PCC thought very carefully about this, but was was very clear that the legacy was not given to let us off our responsibility to pay for the ministry we're receiving. We didn't believe Colin Wheatley gave the legacy to fund business as usual. We believe the decision that the PCC came to, to actually use it to fund long-term growth of our church through training and ministry, is actually the faithful thing to do. It was not given for us to let us off our responsibility. If we didn't face up to this challenge, if we just used the legacy to fund us, we'd just simply be putting off the problem for another day. We'd be kicking the can down the road. We've got to face up to this. So, now, I've always held the belief, uh, and, I, and I've yet to be proved wrong, that if God calls us to do something, he gives us the resources to do it. And the resources for God's work lies in the hands or rather the pockets of God's people. So I think we can match that challenge. And let me explain how I think we can make that happen as a church in 2015. Three ways. That gap of £83,000. First of all, we're praying, we've set a target of 20 new givers... Who will raise £20,000. That's our hope and prayer. Secondly, we're hoping and we're asking each person, of the, member of this church, to give a one-off gift towards Life to the Full up to £20,000. That's our hope and prayer. Let me just say a little bit about our funding model for Life to the Full. Uh, a Life to the Full is not a fundraising drive. <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's a gospel initiative. And because of that, we don't want to charge people to hear the gospel. That's graces. Graces, you receive this for free. Um, We will be asking church members, if you're bringing somebody to one of the evening events to make a very small donation to cover um, some of the costs for the evening uh, activities. There'll be £2 for events without food, £5 for events with food, so not very much. And we think that could raise £5,000. But we still need £20,000 to make the mission happen. And that's why I'm asking all of us, and I'm going to be certainly writing a check, to give to that. Because I want everybody in Claygate to have the chance to hear and respond to the good news of God in Jesus Christ. If, by the way, we reach that 20,000 target and exceed it, we're not going to abandon the kind of donations policy. Because we want people, we want us as a church to know that the tickets have a value to them. uh, And that's the best way it's going to work. So that's our second way. We hope to to raise 20,000 pounds in one-off gifts towards life to the full. And the third way we can reach the target is uh, to increase our giving by an average of 7%, which will reach uh, get us to £43,000, which is the gap. Now, I suspect there aren't many of us here who received a 7% salary increase in 2014. I know I didn't. So how, that feels quite a stretch, doesn't it? How are we going to meet that? Because that's quite a stretch for us as a church. I guess the first thing I want to say is we're only going to meet it through faith and prayer. We're only going to meet this through faith and prayer. This is an opportunity for us to turn to the Lord and say, Lord, we need your help. And that's why at Emanuel Hall next Saturday and Sunday, there'll be an opportunity as part of one of the prayer stations will be about praying this challenge through as a church. The second thing to say is that we will only reach this target if we let our giving be shaped by God's grace. Let me say that again. We'll only reach this target if we let our giving be shaped by God's grace. I- I'm going to say a little bit more about this in a couple of weeks time but can we just have a look at 2 Corinthians 8 because I think it's so important that we get clear on what this is. It's in our Bibles just in front of us. It's on page 1163. Just turn them to me with them because there's some really important lessons here I think about that will help us as we look at this as a church. It's on 2 Corinthians chapter 8, uh, particularly verses 7 to 9. 1163. Because what's going on in this passage is that Paul is encouraging the church in Corinth. And by the way, the church in Corinth was quite affluent. It was one of the richest cities in the ancient world. There was lots of new money there. Um, Paul was trying to encourage the church in Corinth to be generous to the church in Jerusalem that was having a really tough time. And that's why he says in verse 7, if you look with me, he says, just as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in your love for us, see also that you excel in this grace of giving. So basically he's saying, he has been a bit of buttering up, he's saying, you're very good at everything, make sure you're good at giving too. Yeah, that's his message. But then look what he does straight away, is he reminds them of Jesus and his grace. Verse 9, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that through his poverty you might forget, you might become rich. So what Paul's saying, effectively, he's saying, he's saying do give, but don't forget for one moment what you've already been given. Do give, but don't forget for one moment what you've already been given. He says, Jesus gave his life for you. The Lord Jesus, though he was rich, gave up everything so that you could receive everything from God. He said, you've been given so much. He says, let that shape your giving. So our giving only makes sense in the light of what we've been given in Jesus Christ. So before any of us start worrying about the numbers, let's ask ourselves, how thankful am I for the grace that God has shown me in the Lord Jesus Christ? How thankful am I for the offer of life that has hope and forgiveness and purpose and meaning and a future? Uh, uh, If, if by the way that doesn't mean anything, can I just encourage you, please keep coming to church this year and finding out more. But if that is a message you've heard and you've echoed, can I say, does it stop with your head? You understand it, but that's where as far as it goes. Does it go to your heart, but you feel it, but it doesn't really change your life. Or does it go to the tips of your toes? To your bones. You're just so aware of what you have been given by God in Jesus Christ that he has lavished his love upon you. Because our giving only makes sense in the light of what we've been given in Jesus Christ. And therefore, if that's true, it seems to me, if we're going to pattern our giving on what God has done for us, it seems to me that has two kind of words that might go with it. First of all, that means we're called to be generous and we're called to be sacrificial because generous is what God has been with us, isn't it? He didn't give God, Christ, to us grudgingly or stintingly. He generously gave everything he had. And sacrificial describes what Jesus went through when he went to the cross. That was his example. And so our giving, if if our giving is going to be shaped by Jesus Christ, then it needs to be both generous and sacrificial. Generous means we don't give as little as we can. Some people treat giving like a bit like they sort of treat paying taxes. You know, they pay as little as they can and then they resent what they have paid. Um, I, I, I don't think Christian giving is really can be like that because it's based on the generosity of God. God didn't treat us that way. That's the model for our giving is to be as generous with God as we have been, as He has been with us. And sacrificial, that means that we don't just give the spare cash we have lying around, but it costs something to us, just like it costs something to Jesus. Annabelle and I go without things so that other people have so that we can give 10% to the Lord's Word, but we don't resent that. We, we do so gladly because we are so conscious of His generosity and sacrifice for us. By the way, that's the why I continue to think that 10%, which is the tithe, continues to be the best benchmark for which we measure our own giving. In the Old Testament, the tithe was the law; you know, you had to do it. Uh, 10% all your income to the Lord. Uh, we're not under law; we're under grace. But nevertheless, I think 10%, that Old Testament principle, remains the benchmark for our giving. Why? Well, because it ensures that our giving is generous. We're not just kind of giving the loose change. And it ensures it's sacrificial, because I shouldn't think there's any of us who have 10% of our salaries lying around at the end of the month wondering what we're going to do with it. No, we give our 10% at the beginning of the month. It costs us something. And then we order our lives accordingly. Uh, So my message for us this year is, will we, as we review our own giving, let those principles shape it? My message is not really, if you're already giving 10% to the Lord's service, I'm not really asking you to give an additional 7%. If you can, that's brilliant, praise God. But if you're on the journey of tithing, if you're working out what it means to be generous and sacrificial in your giving, patterned on Jesus Christ, can I encourage you this year to make a really bold step in your response to the giving review? And really ask yourself, what does it mean for me to be generous and sacrificial like God has been to me in Jesus Christ? Because I believe, if we do that as a church, I believe we'll not only meet our financial challenge for this year, we'll set ourselves up for years to come. And help address the medium term challenge as well. I have no doubt about that. So therefore, as Mike said, there's a letter for you at the back with one of two requests in it. Number one, if you're not currently giving, will you please join the 333 individuals and families who are? Secondly, if you are currently giving, will you review your giving on the basis of what we've explored today about the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ? Whichever category you're in, would you please consider making a one-off gift towards life to the full and so enabling every person in Claygate? To have the chance to hear and respond to the good news of Jesus Christ. So there's lots to read in the in the packs there's the vision meeting to come to a week tomorrow, there's life to the full launch next Sunday. Uh, come and be part of all of that and then when you've prayed about it on the second of February which is our commitment Sunday, come and bring your pledge for the year ahead and then we'll know where we stand and I'll update the church on the 16th of February about how we're doing as a church. I'm not going to be talking about money all year. You know we don't do that. But because of the nature of the financial challenge, I will give a quarterly update in writing to the church about how we're doing so we know where we stand. So I guess I think of 2015 as a year of challenge and opportunity. Yes, the challenges are there. The financial challenge is there. There's a challenge simply to kind of get going with the mission and kind of reach out with the good news of Jesus. But I believe the opportunities far outweigh the challenges. We've got an opportunity this year for our faith to grow. Our faith in who God is and what he's done because there is lots this year that lies outside our comfort zone. But that's an opportunity to grow in faith and to see his faithfulness to us. See, I don't think it's a coincidence that we've hit a bit of a financial challenge at the same time as doing the mission. I was looking back, the last time we hit a bit of a financial challenge was seven years ago, which came at the launch of our fourth Sunday congregation. And that was a really big step for us as a church. And I think kind of, they often go together. When God calls us to do something big, he often kind of says, you're going to need to rely on me. (laughs) And I think that's what this year is about. It's really going deeper into God. And therefore, that's going to not distract us from our mission. That's going to make us more ready for our mission. Because it's going to help us be more ready, more dependent, and more hopeful for what God can do. So our vision as a church is to see more, deeper, and closer followers of Jesus. I think we've seen God's blessing over many years in this church, making that vision a reality. And I think this year can be no exception. In fact, I think this year could see us make a step change in our dependence on God. Not in ourselves, not in our own resources, but in God who can do more than we can ask or imagine. So that's my prayer for us. Do pray that through for yourselves and for me. And I believe that we can see a growth in joy. I believe we can see a growth in confidence. And I believe we can see a growth in faith in the year to come. To him be the glory. Let's pray.